Hey guys, this is Connor O'Flynn, and this is Consolo. Technically, this is number two, but I'm going to call this number one because the first one was kind of like an intro, so you're going to have to give me some leeway there. Uh, I'm starting with this topic, which is appeal to authority, because I feel like it's going to set up many discussions that, that I want to work through. Um, and it's just a really common problem with a kind of reasoning and with how people form logic and it, it really can stunt your growth and stunt you from working through um, working through an issue kind of more rationally. It can make you feel rational or seem rational. Many people that think that they're incredibly rational are not actually using logic. They're, they're just kind of deluding themselves. So it's incredibly important to me that I get this out there first. And I'll probably return to more of these in the future. These are called uh, logical fallacies. They're, you know, they oftentimes it's it's like you can make a compelling argument and it sounds really good. It sounds really compelling. You feel it must be true because it sounds so good. But when you actually work through the points in, in a bit with a bit more care, you realize that that argument doesn't really hold any weight. So this is a big one because all the fields that I work in, if it's fitness, nutrition and therapy, um, whatever it may be. Appeal to authority is huge, and this is how almost everything in fitness and nutrition is marketed as well. So I'm just going to read you some basic definitions of appeal to authority because, you know, I've got to get this right. So appeal to authority or argument from authority, and there's, there's Latin here because these are all ancient ideas, all these logical fallacies. Argumentum ad vericundium. I probably I may, may did that wrong, but whatever. Um, basically what happens is it's it's a defeasible argument and it sounds rationally compelling but it's not deductively valid so this is when you present an argument present a point sounds good but when you break it down it's it it's not really working um, that's that's the definition of a defeasible argument and in particular with an appeal to authority what we're looking at is the uh, like acclaimed authority, so whether that authority is valid or not, this is you know just to pick an authority figure of choice. Acclaimed authority's support is used as evidence for an argument's conclusion. So that authority figure might be your personal trainer, or they might be your doctor, or your mechanic, or you know any anyone that is supposed to have you know maybe it's me. Maybe I could use myself as an authority figure in one of these fields, right? Uh, it's anyone that we can claim has some authority in the field we're talking about. And what what you're doing with this argument is you're taking that person's opinion or that or support from that person as as a kind of an irrevocable truth or irrefutable truth. So, for example, if you went to your doctor and your doctor said. Uh, grapefruits cure cancer. I don't think your doctor would say that. If your doctor says that, you should probably switch doctors. But if your doctor says grapefruits cure cancer, and you go, well, that's great news. You know, it's amazing to think that the, the cure was there all along as he's hiding in plain sight. Uh, but then you go home and you tell your spouse, or you tell your friends, hey, great news, grapefruit cures cancer. And they say, ah, oh, that doesn't seem doesn't seem like a like a strong argument. I don't see how that makes any sense. And your only evidence for that claim is it's true because my doctor said so. Now, 
you when you run through an example like this, you'll see that that this kind of argument happens all the time. People do this in everyday discussion all the time. It's true because my doctor said so. It's true because he said so, and he's an expert in the field, et cetera, et cetera. But if that's your only point for for your the argument you're making, that's not a conclusive argument. Even when you say it, if you break it down, well, it's true because my doctor says it's true. All you have to ask is why. Why is it true because your doctor says it's true? Is it possible that your doctor was wrong about grapefruits curing cancer? Um, is it is it true that uh, that maybe you misunderstood what they said or that they misunderstood the topic that they're talking about? The problem with with this logical fallacy is that we're kind of assuming an expert or authority in the field just has just has all of the knowledge. They understand the topic perfectly, and uh, every bit of uh, every bit of commentary they might provide on that topic is just irrefutably true and that's not how it works now let's do uh let's do the opposite so maybe grapefruits do cure cancer has anyone tried no um so you could say grapefruits cure cancer because my doctor said so that is our appeal to authority that's our logical fallacy that doesn't really work for us because there's no substance behind that argument apart from the perceived substance of your doctor which which probably isn't good if they made that claim in the first place. But that's different than if we dug a little deeper. So if I said grapefruits cure cancer because, and then I provided some physiological mechanism, um, maybe, you know, maybe there's something going on at a molecular level, I can describe that. I can say, here's what the grapefruit is doing, and this is why it cures cancer. You know, that's still not a... It's still not a definitive argument on its own. I'm making a claim, and I'd have to prove that that claim actually works the way I say it do, or it does rather. Um, I just the, the burden would still be on me. I'd still have to prove that it does that. Uh, but at the very least, I'm providing an argument that we can both look at, we can both see, we can both evaluate for its validity, and then we can test it. So that's that's a bit more scientific. That's a bit more logical. And, you know, I can make that argument and maybe someone tests that theory. They, you know, they, they see that physiological mechanism. They find some way to test it in a lab and the results come back and, you know, it's, it looked promising, but that it didn't work out that way. And we can actually move forward from there. But if we make arguments from, from this position for, for this position of authority, uh, it doesn't leave us anywhere to go. You know, we're just absolutely trusting authority figures to be right all the time. And they're just not like there's there is no absolute authority on any issue, um, and you know even even if we can pull these topics back to scientific uh, research at some point, you know science is, is changing all the time as well. Uh, so having an absolute authority is kind of a it's just a false position. It's not something we can actually get to. So using that authority as all of the argument you need to make is is an equally kind of um, invalid claim so insisting the claim is true because an authority said so that is our appeal to authority and when you put it like that it obviously sounds pretty juvenile right you uh you know you know that that's not a good argument if you ran it back in your head you can understand that there might be some holes in your argument you're placing a whole lot of trust in this person's opinion 
ultimately it's their opinion, their read of the, even if it's the read of the scientific data, and maybe that data changes over time, or maybe they didn't understand it well, but you're risking that by just trusting this authority. Um, you'll see, like parents, parents will see this, right? This is, um, if you are a parent, then you'll understand this immediately, right? Um, for a certain amount of time, I'm sure, saying, you have to go to bed at this time because, uh, because I said so. That'll work for a while, I bet. But event, and that's your that's your appeal to authority. You're appealing to yourself as the authority figure. There, the the authority is always right about this because the authority is the authority. But eventually, you might have to provide some reason. Uh, you might have to say, no, you have to go to bed at this time uh, because I said so. And your kid might say, well, why though? And you say, because I said so. And the kid said, but but why? But why? Like, why, why is that? Why is that the conclusion? They want to know. And at that point, you have to evaluate your own argument, argument rather, and see why am I suggesting this? And there probably are valid reasons, right? You want, you could tell the kid, you have to do that. You have to go to bed this time because you have to get this adequate rest because you're growing, because your, your mind needs recovery, because you'll be cranky tomorrow. If you don't, there are lots of good reasons. Those reasons are all better than because I said so or because the authority said so, or because my doctor said so. If you have concrete reasons that we can both see, we can both back up, we can both understand, that's a stronger argument. So that's what we have to try to bring it back to. And one in in the intro in the introduction uh, episode I did for this for this podcast, I said I'm not necessarily an expert on anything I'm talking about. I have lots of experience and I think I devote a lot of my time to fitness and nutrition and therapy. So I think I know a lot about these things, but nothing I should I say should be just taken um, taken as gospel or taken as truth without being questioned. You know, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to is to bring up questions. You know, and maybe you disagree with something I say and I want to know why you disagree. And maybe the two of us disagreeing leads to some higher conclusion we both understand something a little bit better afterwards or maybe one of us is right and one of us is wrong but we'll hash that out we'll figure it out um, but we have to have some way of of kind of engaging in a fair discussion we're both playing with the same facts uh, and just saying that it's right because my authority figure of choice says it's right doesn't get us anywhere and you'll know this if you've done any reading in nutrition or fitness because well, the internet's a great thing but now we have you know there's there's always been a lot of experts in this field but you know, experts but and now they're everywhere and they're in front of your face all the time because there's tv there's social media there's youtube right so who's the expert who's the authority you know i can find i could find in three seconds on youtube i could find some authority figure that tells me uh, I only have to eat red meat. Red meat's the only thing I have to eat, and uh, that'll make me the healthiest I've ever been. You know, the carnivore diet is very popular right now. I can find doctors that'll say that. And then in three more seconds, I can find a video saying, uh, you should never eat meat. And if you can just avoid meat your entire life, you'll be as healthy as you've ever been, and you'll live to be 400 years old, and uh, all of your teeth will be white, and all that kind of stuff. So we have two authority figures. So if we have a discussion where one person is appealing to their authority and the other person is appealing to their authority, we don't get anywhere. If I say, 
it's true because my doctor of choice says this. You say it's true because my doctor of choice says that. Where do we go? You know, we have to debate facts. We have to debate ideas, discuss ideas, discuss, discuss facts. That gives us somewhere to go. But just appealing to authority is a dead end. And it ends up deceiving a lot of people too. Uh, you can have even uh, even Charles Poliquin, uh, the late great Charles Poliquin, whose work I respect beyond measure. Uh, he's a, if you don't know him, he's a, he was a world famous, one of the most famous probably uh, strength and conditioning coaches, and prepared many Olympians for the Olympics, gold medal winners, and everything. Really interesting guy, but he had this insane amount of authority because of his body of work. He had prepared these Olympians. He had put in this work already. So he had this resume and that, that built his authority. And when he said things beyond that, you know, when he would say something a little crazier because he did say some crazy things, especially in nutrition, he would just make some, some weird claim about a specific nut or about specific dried fruit or something like that. A lot of people would just accept it as true. Well, it's true because Poliquin says it. Why does that make it true? You know, he has tons of experience. He has tons of anecdotal experience. You know, he's prepared Olympians, great. But that's him preparing specific people for specific tasks. It's not even that. It's not a scientific study. It's not a physiological truth. It's, it's a story that happened to work out the right way. So if we just accepted everything he said at, at his word, we're kind of at the mercy of whatever he felt like saying that day.